0: Welcome to the Collective Scope Podcast, where we talk to great leaders who are influencing the next generation. Welcome to the Collective
1: Scope Podcast. We have Kevin B. Jennings, a brand strategist, business coach, and what I recently find out is a DJ with the Hype Men.
2: Is that in Nashville? You guys in Nashville, Kevin? Yeah, we split our time primarily between Nashville and Atlanta, Georgia. So if you had a party... We travel. We've been we've been all <laughs> over the country at this point.
1: Wow, I'm excited. We have that here at least. So, Kevin, tell me first off, What does a personal brand strategist do?
2: Yeah. So, a personal brand strategist helps someone build and establish their reputation online and offline, but primarily online, right? And so, and then their personal brand is nothing more than a reputation. And all we're trying to do is say how do we steward that strategically to accomplish objectives and hopefully amplify a message uh, that helps people. And so that might mean growing a community online. It might mean making sure people know more about the collectives co-podcast, right? You might have a variety of objectives you're trying to achieve with that, but it's all about how we grow, scale, and manage reputation online.
0: Great. That's good. And I like um, you know, having that conversation because certainly as a pastor and um I mean, there are a lot of pastors, you know. Uh, probably, we hope or are listening to this podcast, but um, we hope, right? We hope. We, we hope <laughs> to <listen> to me. <laughs> Is it okay to say that we I hope? So, yeah, <laughs> we hope to listen to this podcast. But uh, and I, I truly believe this, and uh, you know, I've heard you say as as many others that before someone actually ever visit the church, they actually visited online first, and so um, websites are critical. Look, brand, feel is critical. What are some of those key things um, that people need to be paying attention to when they build a website for people to visit before they ever come to church?
2: Yeah, so hopefully, um, if, you, you know, if, I said, if we're doing this right, so I'll say that if you're doing this right, we are hoping that someone is encountering honest reviews about the church and what they can expect, Hopefully, that their expectations are being set. Uh, we hope that they are easily discovering how to find Said church, right address, phone number, etc. Um, maybe they're able to see what the church looks like and see um, inside that experience uh, to understand what they what they'll be encountering when they get there. And, and then I think the last thing would just be to what extent are they able to access the teachings, the people uh, that that are make up that community and lead that community of believers. And so I think you know we're we're trying to say how well can we craft what we want to be seen for the first impression, right? I think that's the thing. We're, we're just owning that we don't control someone's first impression, but we can influence it. And that impression is likely going to be one of two things for a church. I have a friend who goes there, and mm. I, or I have a friend who goes there, I don't like them. So that's one of the things you can control. Right? You can control that if they have a colleague that they do not like that goes to your church. Um, but the other thing is, what can we do online to influence that first impression of what you want it to look like, feel like, say about you? Um, but hopefully, honest reviews. Now, if their honest reviews are seen first, that you know, honest obviously is a part of it. Then whatever is or isn't there is hopefully they're going to encounter as well. We are not trying to uh, misrepresent what's there. You know, every church is not for everyone. Now, I know that right. I might be to say many, many leaders who want to be all things to all people. Um, but every church isn't for everyone. So hopefully they're finding out what you are and what you are not before they get there, so that their expectations have been set and whatever they encounter when they show up is an accurate representation of what they saw online.
0: Yeah. I went through this with, um, with a fairly large church in in California where I was pastoring and uh, we even went as far as studying color palettes for websites and what's attractive and not attractive that really fits our values and our brand promise and our value proposition, all those kinds of things. Now, uh, I would say that a lot of people are not necessarily savvy in sort of understanding the market research or understanding what color palettes mean. So, without being overwhelmed by those those kind of issues, I mean, what are are, are there just some basic one two threes? Hey. Pick a color that's bright, or you know, how well does it need to match the DNA of the church or the organization? Those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I mean, there are ways you can you can go, you know, Google. Hey, what does what does the color red mean? You know, and how yeah. do have all these great things like passion and you know, uh, fire and all the kind of great things. The association we have subconscious with colors, um, and, and so it really will go back to how well do we understand what we want to provide to our community you know do we know our place within this sphere locally that we're going to contribute right i mean i hope every leader who's listening every pastor listening is thinking to themselves hey my church is is providing something that hopefully cooperates and connects with what all the other churches are doing not so in in collaboration but saying hey you all serve the people really well, but there's this other community that's not being served well. We're going to step in and fill that gap as the body of Christ and hope we're all working together to hopefully say this community, this city is served well because all five, six, seven, eight, 25 churches live in this area. Um, and so if you know that clearly, and I know that's really hard to say, oh well, yeah, if you just know your mission and meaning, um, but I would start there and say, hey, where, who are we serving and what do we add uniquely to this community? Now we can say, how do we represent that to, to your to your point, uh, Rob? Like how how do we actually go about doing that from that particular spot? Right. Um, and so then you say, okay, now hey, what color represent these? You know, you can Google it, what color represent these ideas, you know, and, yeah. and kind of starts to become a little more clear there. Um, I just recently got back actually from Texas working with a church on clarifying the messaging, and one of the things that this church had in spades was just clarity around what who they were, what what, what they were trying to do. They just knew that part before I got there. And I know that's really, really hard because you feel like you're disqualifying someone, saying you don't belong here. And I would say that's not true. You make you can create a place where everybody belongs while still tailoring the experience to serve someone uniquely. Right? Okay. I mean, so I, so I think, so I think, saying, hey, we have we've uniquely designed our experience for these group types of people. How everybody, how, everyone's welcome. Like it, you know, it's not exclusive. And since you can't walk in our door and not be treated with respect and kindness and a hug or a high five. But we've designed
1: our experience for these people. Yeah, Kevin. There's a a move and maybe better set attention with church online and online campuses, online streaming services. Um, some churches are doing it really well. Some churches are simply just streaming this the the service. Some churches are afraid to go there at all. Um, how do we have online church, online streaming services? without the fear of, of not connecting people?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I would say first, let's ask ourselves why are we doing it to begin with? You know, I, I think that, you know, um, keeping up with the Jones and doing this, everybody's doing it, isn't necessarily helpful. Um, we talked about, you know, it isn't the, you know, the second question, right? This idea of what willing people to experience online and what that might mean for them. And we, know we want them to see some things um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of thinking about what you're putting out of the church, a lot more of like a cable package. All right, and so hold hold tight for those who are like, what? Um, this this analogy, I promise, you, I won't I won't leave you hanging. So when you sign up for Comcast or Xfinity, they're going to give you what 100 channels, right? And you're going to have ESPN One, ESPN Two, ESPN Three, ESPN ESPN News, right? And you're like, whoa, it's all this for just sports. Well, those mm-hmm. who been following ESPN for a while, sports junkies like myself, right? ESPN2 is kind of for, like, the second-tier sports, right? The sports that just do not draw the same little viewership, right? You might be likely to catch a, a bowling marathon, um, you know, on, on ESPN2, or you might catch, you know, the Little League World Series on ESPN2. They have a community that loves to watch that stuff. ESPN News is just the headlines, right? No different than their things. But what they're doing is they're defining that, right? Lifetime, television for women, right? These unique... Clarifying pieces. So what is the unique thing? How does the online channels fit into what you're doing? What what is what is Instagram even doing within the content of what your church is doing? Right? Are you just there because everybody's there? Because I'm and I'm saying that question because what happens is you do this because you feel you have to. Right? right. And you poorly managed, it gets neglected, and then it's not done done well. Now it reflects poorly in the online search, right? A church hasn't posted on Instagram in seven months, they're like the church shut down. Well, no, no, we're still there. We've been here every week, we're just busy. Well, why well, why do we do this? Well, everybody told me to go on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Well, but then we tell, hey, everybody follows us on Instagram. Well, why? Right? If I'm here every week and I'm actually like engaged and I'm reading the, you know, maybe watching the slides at church or following the announcement or reading the bulletin, whatever you're doing today, if I'm informed, why do I need to go there? Oh, there's a reason. Well, what is the reason? Right? You want right. to define how it fits within the cable package, right? So, like what is the unique proposition, right? Those who love USA, the channel, USA specializes in scripted TV shows. You've never seen a reality TV show in USA because they don't do it. They've decided, we, well, we only want scripted television, right? Bravo, on the other hand, crazy reality shows everywhere. So once you want to decide that. So, for example, what are we going to do with our with our podcast? Well, our podcast is just going to be discerning. Okay. Hey, our podcast is designed to help those who missed service this week. That is, the, that is the definition of it. If that's what we're going to do with it, we're going to say to you, hey, if you miss a service or you're traveling, don't worry. You never miss a message because we actually create the podcast just for you. We know life gets busy. We know life is crazy. And you can't always make it to the physical building to enjoy the worst experience. So we created the podcast for you. Subscribe to it. And when you miss a service, it's going to be delivered to your phone on Monday morning for your commute to work. Mm. Oh, now, that's one way to look at it. Or, no, the podcast is designed for you to share the service with your friends. You might see or hear a hair service and say, you know what? This particular service talked about marriage, and I have a friend who's really going through a tough time right now. We want to make sharing it with them easy and maybe a little bit less uh, intimidating than getting in their car on a Sunday morning and driving to the building. Don't worry, if you just go to the website, Press a simple button. It shares it right to your friend's email. They can listen to it without ever having the pressure of coming in and getting dressed up. Okay, that's one way of using it. It's designed to be shared with friends. It's an outreach tool. All right, either one. Well, when you make that decision, what you do on the podcast changes, right? Because I am not to you. If it's for the outreach tool, I'd say, hey, hi, I'm Kevin, and I'm one of the people on the staff here at Fill in the Blank Church. And what my job is is to welcome you. Somehow you got this podcast live to a friend who thought you could benefit from what we're talking about today. And so what we wanna do is say, when you're done with this uh, sermon, when we're done, we're gonna come back and I'm gonna tell you a couple of next steps how we can help you take action in this particular area of your life. Okay, I'm positioning it like a welcoming tool. I'm the first impression guy, right? I'm the welcoming committee. Yeah. And so so I'm thinking about the strategically saying, think about how it fits and then go all the way in and make sure it does that thing really, really well. And now at this point you see your church, at the end of every service, hey, if you have a friend who's going through a tough time in this, in their marriage or their health, this and this topic, here's what you're going to do right now. Text the word podcast to 345 345 We're going to send you a link. You can just send copy the exact same thing. Put in a text message to your friend right now from your seat. Here we go. Put two minutes on the clock, right? Now you have your entire church thinking every week, how do I help what I just heard? Help someone in my life. We're going to put in the programming. We're going to make it happen.
1: That's, That's that cool. seems like a game changer because I feel like, and, and, and I've heard you talk about this to other people, is the church is really great at investing in quality content that only happens once. Oh, um, my gosh, yes. Like, like a pastor has spent 20, 25 hours a in week. sermon prep, and he preaches it the one time, and we never hear it again. And, and this is a great idea of being able to share that with somebody, having clarity, because I, I know I've walked out of the church services and go, oh, I wish somebody had heard that that I knew. Um, that's, that's phenomenal. How do we take the content we create besides podcasting and other ways and make it shareable, make it accessible for people who may not be there?
2: Yeah. So syndication is key, right? So I'm going back to this whole media model. So I understand this is very weird to be like, Hey, I'm here to change lives. I'm not here to think about media and, and things like that, but you're listening to this podcast right now. Right, and, and, and so media is all around us. We are, we are all content creators. We're all media brands, whether we like it or not, because my wife can share the daily happenings with us and our three-year-old on Instagram. Uh, and, and so the key thing I'm thinking is, who are we trying to reach and where are they at, right? That can be one of the ways that church exemplifies accessibility, I mean, welcoming and accessibility. Is it hard to connect with us? You know, this podcast is going to show up and have snippets on YouTube because both Jeff and Rob want to make sure you have easy access to information that can transform your ministry. They don't want access to be an excuse anymore. So they have decided to work with the team and say, how can we make sure this is at the fingertips of anyone who needs to find it? Now, we talked about um, just earlier question about connection. right? I don't want to just overlook that part of it. You are saying, this is an entry point for who? And what do we need to do next? We have to have that clearly road mapped out, right? What is the, can, what do we want to have in next? Okay, if the a podcast, similar to the early example, is designed to be shared with someone who should, who could enjoy or benefit from this message, then I'm going to say to them, now we want you to take action on this, right? We, we understand we gave you some tips or some things that the Bible has about marriage. Here we want you to do. We have a simple one-page guide that will help you do the things and kind of walk you through this mental process to ask yourself the questions that Pastor brought up to you today's message. If you go to our website, forward slash, you know, uh, September the 1st, that's when the sermon aired, when the first sermon was preached, you can access this one-page download. Just give us your email address. Why do we want your email address? We actually care about you. We actually want to know who you are. We appreciate the fact you're listening, but to us, if you go through this journey alone, well, then we failed you as a church, as a community. So connection to us matters. We, we, we will love the honor, we love your anonymity for us to connect with you as an individual. When you say to people that we don't want your journey alone, and you mean it, obviously you would as a church, then at that point you're saying, okay, that's how we're going to start to foster connection. We're going to start with this kind of virtual relationship, build trust, and invite them to actually connect with those individuals because we want to know them.
0: That's amazing. And, uh, again, I want to go back to this uh, statement you made a few minutes ago because um, I think, you know, especially in the 90s, early 2000s, there was kind of a worship war that took place between stylistic approaches to worship, right? Hillsong was born. I mean, you you got all these other, you know, incredible worship uh, teams that were built. So I think now we're shifting into a digital war on how we actually use uh, the digital platforms to both communicate and engage in a church setting. And so uh, with this idea in mind, you said we are all media brands, like it or not. And I love that statement because I think for a lot of leaders and pastors and churches, um, with good intentions, they don't want to be gimmicky. Right. So the difference between a gimmick and a game changer, I think, is intentionality, which you've already talked a ton about. But how do um, or why should or our pastors and leaders, um, should they be actively building their platforms? Should they have a platform?
2: Yeah. So I would say this. Um, I've said it before, but I think it just hits home. So the platform question I would actually say it depends. And we'll get there in a second. So I promise I'll answer that. The truth that sits beneath all of this is we as consumers have changed our behavior. Right? Mm-hmm. And no one yeah. takes a consumer hat off to put on their Christian member of a church hat on Sunday or the weekend. Right? Like, that's not what happens. Right. And so we say ourselves, okay, how do I do research for things I want to buy? Things I want to experience places I want to go. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to ask a friend if they've ever been. That is the fact, right? So, hey, what do you know about said church? I'm thinking about taking my kids. I'd rather not have my children scarred if the pastors I talk about genocide this weekend, Canaanite genocide, from the pulpit this weekend with my two-year-old there, right? So this is a reality of what's going to happen. So our job in that is to own that online, Invisibility affects our offline credibility. Right? Mm-hmm. Online invisibility affects offline credibility because we are accustomed as a group of people to finding things online and doing research. That is how it goes. Now, you might say, Kevin, that means I have to have a platform, right? I'm saying, well, you having a platform. Really, is only designed to serve one primary goal, and it does have a bunch of like secondary, tertiary benefits, right? It's trust. It's trust, right? I mean, so I um I got saw an alert. So lately, I've been loving Jimmy John's, and I, I'm I'm just like I'm loving Jimmy John's, and and like I've never been a Jimmy John's guy, but I'm eating there almost every week for the past I would say four or five months. And an article comes out this week, um, right before we recorded this, not too far, and where they highlighted that the CEO of Jimmy John using his money to go uh, elephant hunting and killing like endangered species over in Africa. And they have, like all of pictures come like next to like a mutilated elephant. Like it's crazy pictures. Well, you say yourself, Kevin. As I do with my sandwich and my service at Jimmy John's, the people are nice, the, the prices are reasonable, the sandwich tastes good. Who cares, right? But that's not how people operate. We're evaluating the leader's character and saying, Do I want to support an organization that aligns that is led by this individual? Right, and I'm, and I'm separating all of the recent controversies you know, in a variety of ways, it's just an example, and saying, I am building trust. If I am not a believer, or, I've, or I've had tough experiences with churches in the past, or with faith or religion or whatever else, my ability to have some faith and trust in the person who's speaking and leading us can help me feel more comfortable going into the church and trying it again. Right, Most of us have a person who just come to faith. A person who loved us, treated us well, we saw the way they lived their lives and said, I want what you have. What did you do? What did, what did you experience? How did you come to be, become like this? I want that in my life. I want that peace in tough times, right? So also saying the pastor of a man platform is more about, hey, can I present and have trust and say, you know what, I like that church, church of things. And then I saw Rob on Instagram, and I like that guy. Like, I like, I, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he, that he's doing and being and living his life this way that makes me feel more comfortable with the church. Okay, so it's a trust factor more than anything. It's a you know it's it's a it's a credit it's a check mark of credibility. Of, I can I can I can go here with counsel and not be so concerned about what happens next. All right. So the other thing I would say is, well, no, does that happen through Rob's platform? Could that happen through the church's platform? Yes, it could. If Rob's like, you know what, I just, I'm just not a social media guy. That's just not my thing. I don't care about it. I get the point of it. Clearly, I believe in it. That's just not how I, I operate. And I'm not trying to write a book. I just want to leave this church and be in this community, and I'm good. And that's, that's what I, I want to do with my life right now. Well, if that's the case, then I would say, maybe we can actually have Rob make appearances through the church's platform through the church's Instagram page, through the church's Facebook page, the times when I think a pastor has to have a platform, whether they like it or not, is when they have outside interests. When you have outside interests, you have to have a platform. And you say, well, Kevin, what do you mean? I'm not saying grow the platform to become the biggest influence in the world. What I'm saying is because I don't want to leverage my authority with the church for something that seems and feels self-serving. Well, Kevin, wouldn't that happen anyway when I grew my own platform and went all the members follow me? Maybe, but that's their decision. Mm. Versus, I'm now using the church's social media team to build my platform online. That's not the same. Carrie Newhoff, who I worked with for years, we did not—we never used the church's staff to do what we did. They didn't edit a podcast. They didn't write show notes. They didn't publish blog posts. They did none of that, right? And so at the end of the day, I would say but if you're if you're writing a book or you want to speak on something else or you have other things you want to do, a side hobby, like yeah, I'm gonna do this because I don't want the message of the church to be misconstrued, diluted, et cetera, by my personal interests and in projects
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope our listeners have pulled off the road taking pen and paper because this is like quality quality content for leaders um because I think that's really one of the tussles and wrestling points we see, especially with, with Christian leaders in the building, the platform in the, are they being authentic in that space? Are they building credibility? Because what we know about instant is social media and, and Instagram and places like that, it's always our best that we put out. What would you say to the, the the guy or girl who's wanting to build a platform to, to sort of whatever the outside interest may be, maybe it's a book or a podcast, or just expressing their life, how would you caution them or advise them in staying authentic on social media?
2: Yeah, okay, three things come to my mind immediately when you ask the question, uh, Jeff. And so, first one, build a personal advisory board or some kind of community. And it can be two people, it can be one, but just a person with authority to just text you and say, no, take that down, that's not you. What you or, and you, you did that for the life, you didn't do it because you meant it, you know. Because we all need a little bit of it. it's like a person can gut check you. Obviously, for many of us, that's our spouse, um, uh, who just is so good at that. Looking at us, and like, hmm, that's not gonna fly here, right? That, that you use <laughs> that strictly stroke your own ego, um, and that's gonna happen, right? I mean, that's just the truth of when you look up and say, ah, yeah. ah those people who care about what I have to say, this is interesting, um, and so, so I think that's, that's a part of it, um, inviting that on the front and saying, hey, I don't care about. 50 followers or 500,000. I want one person or two people in my life frequently, who will who, who check what I'm doing periodically and just say, that's hey, what you did two weeks ago. And while everybody thinks it's okay, that's not okay. Right? We're not going to do that. We're not going to jump in. Mean, Johnny Cupp has had stories. I worked with him at Dave Ramsey and he said multiple times, hey, my wife had to come and say, hey, you made a joke about a business or a person on, on Instagram, or Instagram or Twitter and you did it in a way that could seem funny, but if they're not laughing too, like you're, that's that's making fun of them, that's that's teasing them, that's not a joke anymore, right? My mom always said when I was a kid, it's only funny if both people laugh, right? So if, 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 if I'm the only one laughing, am I teasing you? So having that in your life is big. The second thing I would say is writing down your real objective, right? Once you say I'm gonna build a platform versus I just want to communicate with my family and friends, what are you doing it for, right? What is, if, if you die tomorrow, and Instagram, your Instagram account lives forever, which it would, <laughs> right, which it would, what do you want people to be saying about, it? hey, Kevin uplifted these individuals, he, 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 he rallied around these people, he, he gave me inspiration, he encouraged me, he challenged me, maybe he just exemplified how to be a great dad, you know, while building a business, I mean, whatever your thing is, you know, He said, well, Kevin, everybody have a message like that, I'm still saying, okay, well, as of right now, the, the objectives can evolve, but right now, I want my kids to be able to look back on my life as an adult and see glimpses in how their father or their mother lived. Dang, good enough, right? Like I'm not saying, but that that governs what we do and do not post. Even if you're saying I will post about challenging times on Instagram, because I want my kids to know I have challenges. Mm-hmm. I want them to know life wasn't perfect. I know that when I when I focus on them, may have presented an image, but I want them to know that dad did been how to have it all together and there were low times. So, I, so, I'm doing this as a public yearbook or diary for my kids to be able to come back and reference one day no matter what happens. Okay, that's great. Um, the third thing I would just say is this, and that is, if we have a community, and if we have it, I would say it's okay to document some values too. Like, hey, there's some, there's some, here's some just no. It's like usually a, um, I would say a no-go list is usually a little bit better, right? So, Andy Stanley, um, this is my personal opinion. So, and I don't know any person who's so it's offends him. I don't mean to be that way. Andy's really great at doing something, implementing it, seeing how it goes, and then telling us all about it seven years later.
0: That's what I mean. I
2: mean, I'm, this is true. We, I mean, I love his podcast because anybody else, but when you hear him talk about leadership, you're like, "Man, that is so eloquent." He's obviously a good communicator, but it's nice and tidy because it already happened about seventeen years ago. That's a fact. And so, so what's happening is you love the content and you. And it's a tiny different, but you're saying to but well, why does my life feel so much messier than his eloquent communicating skills, right? Because he's giving us things in retrospect. And that's his style, that's his approach. John Maxwell, very similar, right? Tidy, past, retrospective. Yeah. His personal approach, his decision, not mine. A little bit more real time, right? What are we going to do about film the thing that happened last week, right? Like, like, hey guys, the government just approved same-sex marriage. Here's my advice on what I have experienced in Canada. It happened yesterday, right? It happened last night, but right? this is not a, a 17 years ago kind of moment. And I'm saying that also means his stuff is not as tidy. Sometimes it's a little bit more of questions than answers, right? And I'm saying that's why they're both valuable. One guy's giving you experience in nice, tidy, organized frameworks, another one's thinking about the mess of today, and they both add value. So just deciding. Hey, am I going to share things in real time? No, I got to protect my team. I'm going to say no to that. Okay, that's okay, right? You're making the decision that you're not going to share any real time stories because of what you want to protect. We work with. That's totally fine. Versus, no, I share real time drama because I want people to know that I'm in it with them. This is my particular approach. I don't talk with my kids. That's not my kids. It's not my kids' platform to decide this stuff. No, I do share family, right? These are all decisions you get to make in advance. Um, that can say guardrails, because if that, that you're watching your kids, are being authentic. No, no, no. My kids have their own digital footprint to protect, and I'm not going to be the one who decides for them what well, you can find on them when you Google. That's not, if they only to decide that, I think it's not fair. That's a decision you can make, you and your spouse, right? That's, that's, so, so some guardrails, I think, what you won't do, what you will do, will help you out a lot um, as you go through the process.
0: That's good. Head, yeah. We, uh, we're on a college campus obviously. And so we deal a lot with um, millennials and Gen Z primarily, I think is really starting to be the, the dominant generation that's kind of entering our campus. But um, are you seeing any kind of trends now you're talking about Stanley and Maxwell being retrospective or is it more current issue based? And so as we kind of uh, in our efforts here really to engage and connect with students, um, are you seeing a trend one way or the other for like Gen Zs or Millennials? Are they more responsive to uh, retrospective content, or are they more responsive to immediate content? I mean, how do we cut through some of that noise so that we can we can be a valid voice in their world?
2: You know, ironically, I think you it, can you can choose so. Um, one motivational speaker, that's dealing with a lot of Gen, uh, Gen Z and uh, and Millennial stuff. Is two people, which is not in church world. So be fair. Right, Eric Thomas. Right, this yeah, uh, they're not preacher. You know, um, he people get my churchhouse like a teenager. So he's been doing it for a long time.
1: Because I love uh, Eric Thomas. I get hyped up on his videos. Why, so like, right? Go <laughs> <and, and, and, laughs> yeah. under
0: the wall.
2: Right, but but for him. He talks about what happened when he was 16, him being wayward, him being out there, his own stories. It's still retrospect, right? He's presenting it in a style that's who, that's, that's authentic he can be. And I think authenticity with this generation matters most. So i just put that out there. I think, I think, and research is just coming out saying this, by the way. So you can Google it. Like, there are studies around Gen Z and millennials and how much authenticity is becoming a big part of what's happening. I think some of it is, because of social media too. I think the social media is, is leaving this feeling of inauthenticity. In- authenticity. So I think there's a hunger for it more. But then you have people like Gary Vee, who, you know, there are Gen Zs who love him, Gen y, you know, most who love him. He cusses, obviously, so I wouldn't recommend to this community if you want to like Google it. He has a cuss-free YouTube channel, so if you want to find that one, you can go get Gary Vee content. It's all clean. Yeah. Um, so, but what I'm saying is, He's doing a lot of real-time stuff. Like, you know, it's going to be something like he's actually his messaging evolving in real-time. You can feel it. You can see it. And he has no problem telling you it's changing. I think it still goes back to how do I communicate best? What are my guardrails? But at least I'll be authentic. They're both authentic. And I think you you know they're in it for the right reasons. He said, well, how can you say that? Well, first of all, Gary has a multi-million dollar social media agency. He doesn't need to do YouTube videos anymore to... To make money, like that's not what's paying his bills. You know, Eric Thomas, you know, is making over hundred thousand dollars for a speaking engagement. He doesn't need YouTubers at this point to pay his bills. Like it's not, they're not there to be YouTubers. You know, they're there because they actually think that gives them help, them helping people who can't afford what they're doing. Um, and so I think that's a part of it. Uh, but when it comes to you know the trends, I think the key thing is saying. How can I empathize with the people on my campus, right? Because mm. I, because I want to be transparent and say I, I was like, I, where I was at. I was at, at Texas a and campus, and what's happening in College Station, Texas, is not what's happening in Austin, Texas. College Station, is a smaller town, Texas A&M is the town, and the flow of life is different, and it's more laid back. You know, it's I mean, it, it I mean, it's called College Station for a reason. Like the college runs the place. Whereas, once again, in Austin or Nashville, where I'm at, like, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, and so you ask yourself, how can we truly add value to the students' lives? So what I've been talking about a lot recently um, with people is generosity is now a marketing strategy. Yeah. And, I'm, and, 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 and I said, hey Kevin, I thought generosity should just be something you do for free. No, no, no. Charity and generosity are the same generosity is the act of being kind and being, and being helpful right so we're asking ourselves how can what we do through our marketing be helpful inherently so for example i'm now a college campus you know church and i'm trying to add value to their lives. oh final exams are coming up in about four weeks we're going to be the first to remind them hey i know you're busy i know life's crazy just a reminder exams start for this campus in four weeks it's start here in two weeks or here in one week We are here for you. So we've created some care packages. If you're interested in getting one, DM us. We'll send you some snacks. We'll send you some notebooks. We'll send you a link to one of our Spotify playlists that we created for help you focus when you're studying. Right. Just hit us up. We're happy to do it. Right? Hey, we're sponsoring a couple all-nighters to study in a safe environment. You have to worry about being in some random coffee shop or traveling in an unsafe period of time. The church will be open for 24 hours. This day, this night, this night. Wi Fi is going to be strong. Coffee is going to be going all night. Like, this is how we're going to help. You. Okay, great. Like, okay, well, we don't want to do it. It's more than simple than that. Okay, great. Maybe something as simple as, hey, if you want somebody to pray with you, even via Instagram, we'll jump on the, the private little video message. That somebody's going to be taking prayer. Like, we are here for you. Like, it can be any of those things, right? We have, we're going to have licensed counselors you can connect with. We have office hours. We understand anxiety runs high during this time period. We're here for you. Um, it can be, I mean, I know for uh, as an RA in college, you know, that right around uh, October was crazy sad, sad times. Everybody bringing up their boyfriend and girlfriend back home. they're fresh, <laughs> Hey, just be on guard. Like, a lot of kids are going to be sad moping around here in October. You know? so, so, you know, so it's just saying, how can we be inherently helpful, right? It could We're going to attract all the restaurants that have great deals on food, business, and nights of the week. When you, when you hit our town, we'll be going to tell you about it. What? Yeah. Hey, come on. Click this little button. Give us your email address. We'll you a, a restaurant guide that walks through all the crazy great deals with all the food in town within 10 miles of the campus. How can we inherently add value, right? Because you help me save money. You help me save time. Help me make great grades. Help me make new friends. I want to know what you're doing. You don't need to say Jesus. I'm like, hey, those are my kind of people because they keep showing up with all the cool information, right? And so something that simple can go a long way. And at that point, you say, well, it's not relevant to everyone on Instagram. We don't care if it's relevant to everybody else. We want to go over to these, you know, 55,000, 40,000 students in this one small part of the country, right? So here's what we're going to do. it. We're going to do it this way. So that also means on Instagram, to get tactical, tag your post with the city, right? So that. When, so that when they're doing a search in the Explorer section, you're popping up, right? Uh, if there's a new restaurant opening in town, maybe you're the one that sponsors, hey, new restaurants open up in town, we want to go support them. We're going to pay for 20, 25 people to have dinner tonight for free at this restaurant. Come with us, be the first one to there We're paying for your food. I mean, so it's like, whoa, free meal, college? Let's do this, right? It's like, it's, like, it's, it's just real simple, really quick. Um, I just want you to say, how can I add value to what they care about, what they need right now through social media, they never check in with us. Hey, I'm going to do a digital devotional. Every, every you know, every day, Rob's going to jump on Instagram for one minute, 60 seconds. I'm going to tell you a scripture. I'm going to tell you a, a key takeaway application for your life today. I'm praying for you in 60 seconds on my Instagram post, in the feed. Hey, it's Rob. It's Tuesday. Right, it's Friday, August 30th. Here's a scripture. Here's one thing I want you to think about today. As you go through your day, let me pray for you right now. All right, God be with these students. You know what's in their life. You know what they're going through. Help this word penetrate their heart and let them know that there are people like me and others in this town that love them and want them to see. Amen. Go get it. You're off, right? It's just that can add value right there, right then. They may never like it, right? Because I mean, they probably would not like it actually, but they may not <laughs> like it. I mean, they're probably
0: going to like it. I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I appreciate the vote. They're probably going like <laughs> to like it. They're probably
2: going to like it, I'm, I'm giving you some credit. They're probably going to like it. But let's just say, you know, hit, you know, hit the like button, right? That the we do not know what that's doing to them. Right. Right? We don't know what it's like to you know, go through the feed and see someone that see who's been kind of them, looking out for them, and then saying, I want to be a resource for you in this town. If you follow me on Instagram, you know there's someone in this town you can message DM right now. If all hell breaks loose, and someone's gonna show up or send someone to show up on your behalf. Yeah. That's a big deal. And so um, so I think sometimes we overthink it, but
1: how can we serve them where we are right there? That's awesome. So good. So good. <laughs> like, like, like wow, so good. Like, like we just we've got a new strategy for you. Like Pastor Rob's like devotionals will be out starting soon. I'm
0: I'm ahead of you though. No <laughs> lie. <laughs> like this week I decided to do this thing called uh well the show's not launched yet, so I can say it. It's to talk about it. It's a 60-second Instagram TV video. And I'm taking the uh, a key topic from the chapels that we have on campus, talking about it in 60 seconds, and then encouraging the students to go talk about it. I just thought about that this week, and I was like, I need to do this. So, and so, so Mason from the Lord. So Mason? They'll probably like it, though, Kevin. I think <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we, we want to be fair to you and say, cause it's already shown, right? There's this thing called the nudge effect. So, when, when we send an email out, I'm like, well, no one opened my emails. Well, when they see your name in their inbox, it's actually subconsciously reminding them you exist, right? We've all, we've all had that happen. Like, you see the email from O Navy, like, or like, or Gap, like, something's on sale. You're like, I don't need anything. And then the week you like, need to buy something for, like, for an occasion. It comes through, and you're like, yes, now I'm gonna buy it right now.
0: Like, I got like, my coupon.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna do it right now. I got the coupon, I got the code, right? Like, that's actually a powerful thing. So sometimes being seen and showing up regularly, which I know feels so silly, but showing up all the time in someone's world, we, even when they don't engage us, reminds them that we, they have access to us, right? And so that's what another thing is all about, the subconscious uh, showing up and how that works. And so sometimes being consistent in someone's life in their, in their Instagram feed or in their email inbox has value even when they don't engage with the content.
1: So okay. how do we... In this nudge effect, because we want to show up, Kevin, but we know the algorithm is always changing. How how do we sort of I don't I want to say fight the algorithm or 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 find our way into the algorithm, but how do we how do we actually get to show up? Because we can post content and it disappears if Instagram or Facebook decides not to show it. Man, yeah,
2: you're, you're, I love that. So this is so this is where this kind, of, kind of kind of this, um it's going to go against what I said a moment ago, but it all works together. Trust me. So when we say meet people where they are, right? We're saying go where your people are. So if your community college students are on Instagram and Snapchat, then you know, don't worry about Twitter, right? That's not their platform. Don't go. Like you don't care about Twitter, you care about them, right? Like Twitter can come and go. We don't care. We're gonna go where people are. And they know that's where their values, we're gonna fight for to keep people on the platform. But it's also Mark Zuckerberg's house. Is this, so, you know, when you look at your parents, let say my house, my house. rules, right? So Mark's house, Mark's rules. I will play by Mark's rules because Mark's house. So when I go to hang out with Mark and, and meet you at his house, I'm gonna say, well, Mark, what do you want? So right now, Mark is asking everybody, hey guys, I'm a publish- I'm a publish- charity company. I need video. Video has been proven for our shareholders to keep more attention, which keeps people on our platform, Helps us sell more ads. Second thing, Facebook groups are getting more engagement than Facebook pages. And so, we're gonna create a Facebook group or give us a video. We will love on you because that's what we want. It's like a potluck, right? Mark's like, hey, hey, you bring bringing video. You bring video, good. Well, come on, you bring, you bring in Facebook group, bring, them. bring your community. Oh, I don't, I don't really need your photos. No thanks. No, okay. I, we have enough photos in here. I, I, I don't need more text posts. I'm okay with that, right? So your job is saying. Give them the content they're asking because that's they're mm-hmm. going kind of a reward. When Mark first launched the live feature, right? Everybody got, look, something just went live. You got his notification on your phone, right? Because yeah. Yeah, they were testing. And so that so they were rewarding those who gave them live video. Right now, if you give us video pre-recorded or live and pre-recorded and you give us in Facebook groups, we will love you more. Give them what they want. Now, if your community is there, you play the game and say, "I'm going to give my community on Facebook video." Oh, they're not on Instagram. Well, Instagram, we want Facebook, Instagram. Give us video, right? Give us give us stories, give us live video, give us DM engagement, right? And but mainly IUTV stuff. So play the game, right? So when Rob says 60 second videos, Rob, I want to, I want to amend what I said. Let's give you 90 second videos, not 60 seconds. Why? You see know, 60 seconds; it only shows them the feed. You can only do IGTV if it's more than 60 seconds. But IGTV is what they want to succeed more because long-form video gives them more time to sell ads. So you want to actually do your devotional in 90 seconds, not 60 seconds, right? Which feels counterintuitive until you want to play Instagram game to keep the or, to keep the organic views up. So you're playing Instagram's game by adding value to your community. So what do they want? What does the platform want? How can I combine them to create one strategy? And that's what you are gonna do. All right. So so I think that's how I would structure it. So right now, what does Twitter want? Twitter wants events. They recognize that people use Twitter more during the Grammys, the Oscars, mm. a football game, because it becomes a way to connect with others who are watching the show with you. All right? So for you, you're like, hey, um, what do my what do my community care about? Well, hey, what if we did more Twitter parties around cool events? I'm, I'm making this up clearly. That may not be what works for community. What I'm saying is that's, that might be a way you get a gathering around what you're doing. Uh, Twitter actually is obviously letting you do a lot of video there too. they pay the NFL to actually put certain days for free on Twitter because they were going once again, that when people start tweeting and, and tech and jumping and in engaging with this a lot of events. So I think you want to find out what is that platform trying to do? What's their newest feature? And I'm going to go all in on the new feature. If the feature's gone in 60 days, I don't care. My job is to leverage the platform the way they want to be leveraged so I can get rewarded by all the organic reach I want during that time period. If the feature goes away, ah, okay. I'm only here for people. I'm not here for them. I'm mm. not here to get Twitter points. I'm here to get connection. Mm. Now, what it also means is this. Do not let your community stay there. Which I talked about earlier, right? If all I do on my podcast is say, glad you enjoyed this week's sermon. See you next week. Subscribe on iTunes. I'll be very direct. That's awful. Like it's awful. Because if iTunes goes away and they're not the cool person podcast place anymore, and you have all the subscribers on, on iTunes, and, and Spotify becomes the next big thing for podcast listenership, which already is clearly going in that direction, you're stuck. You're stuck, right? Because all your subscribers live there. Which is why on every podcast, someone's gonna hear me say, text this, 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 right? Right now, you need my phone number. Everybody, you can text me right now my phone, 615-455-3399, right? 615-455-3399. any questions about marketing for your ministry or your organization, just text me, I'll talk to you, right? Because I want to get people off of this podcast and connect with Kevin. I've been invited as a guest as with Jeff and Rob. My job is to provide value and, and serve them well, make sure they look like they're smart, but he's having me on here, right? And then say, okay, if you like me enough, you think I'm cool to hang out with, uh, here's a way you can connect with me too. You don't want to? No pressure, of course. Glad we got to hang out here at Jeff and Rob's house. Hopefully, they'll bring me back another time. But I might have a party here in my house a couple weeks. If you want to be invited, you can give me your phone number, text me back, and I'll invite you personally to that party along with Jeff and Rob. They might be there. Come invite them too to the party, right? So it's just, that's how it goes. Do not fall over the platform use the platform to meet people, invite them back to your email list, your text list. So the platform dies. Your community does not die.
0: That's that's so amazing. I think, um, I think, you know, so if we go back to the church, which is again, sort of our heart and our conversation, um, there's no doubt that the church has typically ran 15, 20, maybe even 30 years behind at some points. Right. So, uh, how do we, or can we, is it even possible for churches to catch up at this point and how do they jump in when they're already so far behind?
2: Yeah, the church is about 14, 15 years right now. I think my personal opinion, because I'm thinking about things I was doing as a marketer full time for a company in 2009 and things right. are just now starting to do in 2020 pretty much. Right. But we're knocking at it and I'm like, Ooh, you know, it's a tough, um, I think to myself and say, you have to decide you want to get back in the game. So for, I mean, so just being you say, hey, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to, like, I don't want to meet people where they are in the way they understand today, right? So prioritize that. Second thing, I get asked the question a question after I do a podcast like this one. Kevin, you have any good churches that are doing examples? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no, I don't have any good churches. I mean, like, I'm just being honest. Like, churches are, they're not going to be good examples for you, right? Because they're all thinking about the same thing you just said. Well, if we're all years behind, Many churches are doing a good job. I'm like, no, no, they're all doing what each other are doing. That's why they're all still there. Like, <laughs> the standard. Like, I'm sorry, I'm good. I've, I've searched, y'all. I promise, I'm searching. They don't exist. I'm beat. I'm, I'm, I'm problem asking. I cannot find one church that's marketing using today's strategies in every aspect. I don't have one. They might be killing it with streaming services. They might be killing it with social media right? They might be killing, they have one little thing. They got one person in the building who's killing it, and the pastor thumbs up on them and lets them do their thing, right? So what I'm saying is stop looking in the church to understand it. Like, it's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so if you keep doing that, you're going to stay where you are because you're like, there's no pressure. Yes, absolutely. there's no pressure amongst your professional ministry friends to up your name. The only pressure you're going to feel is you knowing that you're not meeting the people yeah. you serve the way you could be meeting them. All right, okay. if you need more than that, I'm sorry. I don't have it to give you. You're not gonna see, Andy Stanley's not killing you in this area either, right? So you wanna compare, do the North Point comparisons, don't worry, you're in the clear. You wanna do the comparison of any other mega passion, you're fine, you're great. Don't worry about it. They're not doing it either. So you can go back to what you're doing. So the key thing I'll say is this, this is how you wanna get in the game. You have to say, we're, how are we gonna resource it, right? I'm calling it an experiment. I'm not saying you have to get a $50,000 budget. Hey, can we find $5 a month? Well, we, I, don't, I don't have it. Okay, can we find one rich person that in the country to give $6,000 one time, say? We need one-time $6,000 donation. We're gonna run an experiment to see if we can better connect with the next generation or our current audience or our current community by using digital marketing and media tools. Are you in? Like, yeah, I'll give it a, I mean, a one-year thing. If it works, it works we well, you, maybe do more, right? Um, and from there, which means what we're going to do, we're going to try the process of personalizing marketing. That's the one thing I challenge anybody to do. Just try to personalize your marketing strategy. And here's how this looks. And, I, and guys, I'm going way over. There's somebody to shut up. And I'm okay with it. I'm not offended. What's no, we're money? good. We're good.
1: We're good, man. This is like bonus
2: gold. Okay, here's um, When I say personalize, let's start with the obvious. Mailchimp is free if you, if you don't do email marketing right now, you're missing the boat because email is still the most effective marketing channel that exists. I know can't believe it. it is. right behind that is text is going to be emerging. Text is still struggling because people know it's the last inbox that's not bombarded by marketers and they're fighting to protect it. which you to add more value to get text than you have to do you know but emails you collect what first names last names birthdays anniversary you can do all that on the online form when they sign up which then means for you you can tell me birthday every year oh well I mean, but, but, yeah, they would know it's it's, it's automated I mean, well people people know that everybody on facebook got an alert that they told them their birthday and they still say thanks for the birthday wishes right it's, it's, and so the idea of someone saying someone to the Time to even care enough to automate a birthday message. No one. My mom didn't call me. Right, like my my uncle didn't call me birthday. You, but church did. The church, the, the college campus said happy birthday to me. No one else did. So that first thing that matters. Two, if you come to church this Sunday, we have we have coffee and an ice and a gift card waiting for you to show up. Yep, your birthday gets here, waiting for you to show up anytime this month. Just come by. Got your name on it too, right? Okay, great, right? So if they don't show up, you mail it to them. Why we have how do we have a mailing address, right? It's like, hey, pick up at church, click two button, pick up at church, or two have a mail to me. We'll have a mail to me that your address, which I have more information than you had a week ago, mm. right? So you can't skip church for seven weeks and we not know it. Come mail you something and say, hey, can't seen seen you in church in a while. Are you okay? Who wrote that? Oh, the congregational care team wrote that. Now the volunteers did the note for you, right? So it's just, it's, a, it's a it's a scaling of information. You can't do that without relationship. That's the best part about this. Well, digital marketing is so impersonal, but it requires personal information, which then requires relationship and trust and how you're gonna use it and respect. And so I think the key thing is we can start there. Second thing I tell about all the time is, and I, say, and I keep it's more of a challenge to every church, more than anything. I still don't see anybody do this idea. I don't know how many tell us, it's all kinds of idea, don't do it. So I'm gonna say it anyway. Your sermons are organized chronologically on your website. Are they not? Yeah. Who knows the last time the sermon series called, you know, Good to Great. What is that about? Personal development? Is it about, I don't know, right? The church knows, the congregation that went and saw it, knows it's a marriage series. I have no idea it's a marriage series. But if my marriage is struggling, when I go to your sermon series, you know what I don't see the topic? Marriage. I don't have a topical search for what the Bible says about my current challenge. Once it's your website, sermons should be organized by topic, not by chronological order. Because chronological order only has value those who saw it. It is not a value for Google searches or the person who has a pain point in their life, right? But then we do this what? Hey, Kevin, will you guys learn more about marriage or get a free this or free that about marriage? Put your email in, right? So now you know that I probably get an email on a, on a marriage series, I didn't get any other series. Why is the first email I'm going to get something about coming to some launch event, some cool thing, a Christmas program? Not, Kevin, based on your engagement list, we know you're interested in things about marriage. Here's another video you might not have seen about marriage, right? MailChimp, you can create unlimited sign-up forms on, on MailChimp, which means you could even say, low-fi, low-tech, nobody who knows how to program anything. I'm going to create a sign-up form for a unique one for every week of the marriage series so i'll know where they came from Mm. i know they came from week one versus week two versus week three versus week four and now i can say kevin thank you so much for checking out week two of our series called good to great it's all designed up your marriage do the blank if you like more information on marriage, here's three other things we might help you, right? You're personalizing the experience as fast as you can. And here's why that matters, and I'll shut up. These people check Google every day. I did some research on this. I found out that someone searches to Google, what is the meaning of life? Six people searching every second. What is the meaning of life on Google? Six people every second on Google asking what is the meaning of life that's their source for the question because they don't can't because you can't find that on a church website unfortunately right when you search it this is what comes up a bunch of random bloggers who are willing to answer a question a church would want to answer i googled it they ask the question what is my purpose with a personal pronoun that question gets asked over 3,000 times a month you know you can't find it on? A church. A random blogger says how to find your purpose. Right? The church is refusing to say how do you personalize this. And then with Google giving you search results back in less than one second, and at the deep your it looks like to find an answer about marriage or parenting or health, mm-hmm. you're losing. You're losing a simple battle that you are actually well equipped to win. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so my thing is. Personalization requires information, which requires us asking for it and then building systems that allow us to use it. Even though the first one, because it's just actually easy to do, right? There's technology out there that can do all this across all the platforms. And you're going to say, well, does Planning Center have this? No, you know why they don't? Because Planning Center is designed to serve the church in its current duration. If, if every church demanded more of Planning Center because they were all going to up their marketing strategy, they would add the tools. They're going to serve the church in its current marketing strategy. So there is no cool place in integration. I get asked this question all the time. So this is, this is the passion here. It's like I just think like, Hey, maybe I have to use a tool that wasn't designed for the church. Like, but I can use it because it serves people and I'm here to serve people. Right. You all using YouTube matters because everyone's just not going to go to iTunes for a podcast. Podcast listenership is not caught up with YouTube viewership. It hasn't. Now, Pocket's proven a couple of things. They have higher earning potential, they have higher, higher earnings household income, higher education levels for podcast listeners. watching on YouTube, it's not an insult. I'm just telling you the stats, right? But YouTube people, right? They're they mean they're gonna they probably gonna be much more engaging in some parts of it, they're probably a younger demographic, but you can also organize clips by questions, right? That's- How to market my church to college students, take Clip clip of Kevin talking and ranting, insert video, the viewership goes up, right? And even if it's not high, the listener and the viewer is very qualified because you are our podcast that talks to college ministry. Right? And so what we're trying to do is say why? Because YouTube is the second leading search engine behind Google.
0: Google,
2: YouTube, then being Yahoo and fill on the bun of all your other buddies, right? And so we are trying our best to play the game. YouTube also rewards you very more videos than one long video. If you put up two or three videos a week and you have around 50,000 subscribers, YouTube starts paying you money. Now, guys, what oh, Kevin money? Yes, y'all are not writing checks to, co- to collectives, so I want them to make money to pay for this, right? You're not writing a check, <laughs> so I want them to make the money so can keep doing this, right? That's how it's gonna happen. Is taking the podcast and putting up to six, seven videos over time, producing two to three every week, as opposed to dropping one long interview, even as it's, even the same amount of views, is less views for YouTube. And YouTube game is what? More viewership, more ads, more money, better stock price. And so we gotta play that game. And so I would say this once again: personalization requires information. You can get it, you can do that. Have a reason for the request. We want to honor you on your birthday. We want to honor your wedding anniversary. We 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 cannot do. We cannot send you and your spouse flowers. We cannot do these things we want to do if we do not know more about you. This is the beginning of a long-term relationship. With us as a ministry, as a leaders, we like to do this if it's okay with you.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I, listen, I, I, Rob, my mind is like blown at this. Oh, point. Yeah, I'm, like, I feel like I'm, feel like I'm like out of room. Of my- for notes like uh, I don't know wow Kevin I mean this is like game-changing information um, for anybody trying to meet a need it seems like and, and because what I think we know is everybody has a device like uh, it, demographically from I mean youngest we're getting devices now at like 10 10th birthdays kids are getting phones I mean yeah. it's just where where the market is. And I love this concept of playing the game. I mean, we don't make up the rules. I feel like the churches spend their whole time kind of fighting against the game. Mm-hmm. When, when I think if we just learn to play by the rules, like Kevin's saying, we can have a bigger impact rather than sitting there going, I don't know why they're not coming. You know, Why are they not showing up to our thing? Why are they not showing up to our, our service or space or potluck or whatever it is? Um, so learning to play the game – learning to play by the rules is, is really what's going to have impact on us and, and expand what we do. If you were going to give the shortest snippet, first step for somebody, a pastor, a leader who wants to jump in, what is step one? Besides hiring Kevin B. Jennings. I would
2: say this. Because especially on the digital marketing media stuff. Is that okay? So my, that, that first study went going to? Okay, great. So first step in this space, build an email list. I know that sounds so boring.
1: No, I've heard I've heard right? John Acuff time and time again say that he spent too much time on social media and oh, not enough yes. time building an email list.
2: As a person who worked with John during that season, I'll tell you he's right and he didn't listen. But now I look at it, right? that's the truth and it's like this, I mean we, I mean, I was in the building and it was like come on dude come on bro we gotta get these emails and, and here's why in today's world parting with an email address giving up anonymity to someone I've heard uh, Don Mills talk about this it feels like the person paid you $15 emotionally they have the same emotional response as paying $15 to your email address wow. that means investment emotionally and intellectually right to say that who that means I can talk to you when I want to social media is what I call a tune in style platform if I'm not on Twitter when you tweet I miss said tweet if I'm on vacation when you post on Instagram by the time I come back I do not see it it doesn't mean I didn't want to see it I was not available to see it I was not doing it at the moment email is waiting for me in order when I come back. It does not vanish. It does not disappear. Right? Make sure we can answer story up there. Well let's not send an email I don't want to bother anybody. So like, well well that means if I don't catch it twenty four hours, I don't see it. That's really cool at times and I think there's a ton of value why you do that. But email is number one in the list. The same so way- I,
1: can I can I ask an a yes, up question? Please. Um if email has value, what exchange rate should a church, ministry, organization have? in exchange for that email address. I know like a lot of times I go to a blog or I get a website and they'll give me some little five tips to whatever. Um, what's the exchange rate for email for a church or ministry?
2: Yeah. So the key thing I'll say is, is am I solving a problem before they, before a problem? what like, what problem can I solve for them immediately? So for example, going back, Rob preached a series about friendships and, and, and how it's a right from a strong community. He pulls home stories from the Bible about how Jesus rhymes with incredible people. People weren't perfect, but they wanted to do better in their lives, right? I mean, I'm making all this up. Clearly, please do not judge where I was preaching based on my terrible analogy. <laughs> what I am saying is then you see there, and, the, and on his page, when he posts the sermon on YouTube, et cetera, he says, I actually wrote down a guide. It's seven questions to ask yourself to about every, of and for five ways to know if a person is a true friend, right? I think biblically based principles about friendship and connection, and I tell you that i present these five principles. Then I give you a little worksheet to put down everybody's names, who are your friends, and you're gonna check the box if they fit all five, right? And then you evaluate the friends in your life to help you recognize in advance who's for you, and who's just there. Mm. Right Now, that may have no value to a 75-year-old, but his community, called them be like, yes, that's all I want to know is who's here, who's here. I'm making this up. What I'm saying is if you don't know your people, it's going to be really hard to create it's worth the game exchange. Yeah. What I will say is, but then I, I want to contextualize what problem I solve with the content. So right now, for those who, who are listening to what I'm doing, right, if you, if you want to build your platform, Happening called the personal brand blueprint. You text blueprint, right, to a, to, to a number. I'm giving you a second, right. Then you have the opportunity to download a resource that, that is designed to build a personal platform. I'm, I'm making this up again. But I mean, but what I'm getting at is, is an idea and a strategy around what problem can I solve for I them mean, before they come through my doors, and it's value. Now there is no percentages because I've seen percentages where I've given them away for free. And it's been downloaded 35% of the time, in that one setting, I've seen where I've got 75% of the time, and 70% of people said, I want that thing. And it's typically connected more to how helpful is it for the people that I'm trying to serve in that moment. And so I think that's where I would probably say, and for pastors and ministries, I would say, can you do something that connects really well to the current sermon series for college ministry connects really well to the challenges facing students on that particular campus. It might be five, five non-traditional ways to find your education. You know, like I mean, I, and say, well, you know, what do you mean? We, we have an annual fundraiser, we help kids pick their own college. I'm making all this up. I think the key thing is, do we know that answer? If we don't, then it's our job to find out the pain points facing mm. people, and then go after it and build something that serves them before they come into our ministry, before they come into our doors.
0: That's awesome. awesome. Well, man, I tell you what, I, I, my brain is just overwhelmed with cool, amazing content. Um, but I'm going to ask you one final question um, for the show. We ask every guest this question. And so uh, we're a college campus. And um, one of the things we love to ask our guests, we ask all of them, is what did you learn in college? What's one thing you learned in college outside of the classroom?
2: Hmm. This is tough because I feel like what I learned uh outside of the classroom in real time uh, at the at the moment um had a lot more to do with women. So we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> but what I will say <laughs> uh, but separate of my non- advice, <laughs> non- that might yeah, be yeah, <laughs> my non dating advice. Um, <laughs> About all my poor choices, um, I will say that um, let the hard stuff be hard, let the easy stuff be easy. And I know that you're like, What do you mean by that? Wherever you are in your life, there are things that you've been uniquely gifted to do that are easy to you. They are. They're easy. Like you don't have to try. And I'm not saying we should work on our strengths and amplify those. I actually am big into that. Like lean all the way in your strengths. But I'm saying in life, there's all the going to do that does not come natural to us. What we tend to do. If you let everything get equal effort, mm-hmm. everything has equal go. Like, oh, I, I'm not doing this enough. No, but you're really good at that and you're efficient at that. And long-term, I want you to do more of that and you can get, become the best in the world at that. But for those who struggle with something that requires your effort, and, it's, and it's, something, it's, a, it's a bucket you can't pass, it's something you, that's truly yours to do and you know you can't give it away to somebody else, that's okay if it's hard. Let that be hard. Work on it. Grow in it. Like, let that be hard. There are things like, said, you know, some things are going to be hard. And, but I think sometimes we, we, we overdo it. And for me, that meant if you're good at this particular class, don't spend the same amount of time doing homework for that class knowing you're really struggling yet. If You can listen to that lecture one time and you stick with it. Like, intellectual property and copyright laws, like, I could hear it once or twice. I was like, I'm in. I just remembered it. I loved it. I was into the class. I was a like geek in that way. But man, biology was kicking my tail. And it was just like, a, and, and I feel like, and I feel like that plays up on other parts of my life. Relationships, I think need to work on relationships, I don't need to work on relationships, even outside the classroom. Um, and I'll say one more thing, sorry. And it was the power of relationships. And I think that for me, um, I, I looked up with my ignorance and some parts of my personality, but the, the people I met in college um, and, the, and, how they, and what that's done to my life uh, since then, I mean, I'm I'm uh, over yeah, gosh, eleven years plus removed from college, and and I would say like it has been incredible to think about the value of the people, not the word, not what I learned, but mm. the people I met that's changed my life. And so I hope that wherever you are, wherever you are, even if you're not in school anymore, you're still not thinking that your skills are enough. Uh, your relationship your people matter way more. Than a lot of
1: that stuff—that's for sure. That's when, what we didn't say on this episode, we let a lot of people know. I, Rob and I met as undergraduates here at Lee,
2: and Whoa!
1: so years later, I'm showing our age. Uh, yeah. We're now sitting at a table doing a podcast, so we we resonate with the relationship yeah. piece, and I think it's something that a lot of our guests have echoed. Um, so, speaking of relationships, how do we stay connected to you, Kevin?
2: Yeah. So first, I have a gift. Uh, gift one um, is that the fact that. I have something called the Email Marketing and Social Media Starter Kit, all right? And if you text the word starter, so that's S-T-A-R-T-E-R, so starter, to 345, 345, I will send you the Social Media and Email Marketing Starter Kit, all right? So what's, gonna, what's that going to include is it includes a 30-minute-plus audio of me walking you through a social media and email marketing strategy that works for you no matter where you are. It includes a social media calendar, so you can kind of start building your content out. A blog content calendar to map that out, um, and so has a lot of things you can just help you get the ball going in these areas Was it, without you using advanced strategies. Just like basic understanding of these different platforms, and I will you for free. All right, um, I'll watch your email address. Come on, connect with me. I got to practice what I preach, right? Um, <laughs> but then you also can text me directly on my phone, and that's just six one five four five five three three nine nine, and that could be about a big I mean, you're like, hey, thanks for the podcast. I don't agree with anything you said. Let's talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. You know, like you know, as Rob, Rob's talking about it on his on his new show coming up, we're going to talk about it with probably. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, so you can just text me and or call me. I'm happy to have a conversation with you about it um, and just kind of talk through whatever you're working through together. Um, and that's it. So it's an honor, truly, guys. Um, I know that what you're doing is is trying to help people, and you all are busy. And you have your own lives to lead. And, um, the fact you even share your access to your community, uh, with me, I don't take it lightly
1: and hope I added a value today. I mean, Kevin, we, I, I, we owe you so much. I mean, the information you gave us today is, is of immense value. Golden. We're going to, we're going to probably spend, I don't know, the next day or two plotting over all this information and how it benefits what we're trying to do. And I hope our listeners do the same. Yeah. Um, a lot of podcasts, you do it two times because you're trying to get through the information, slow this one down to time and a half and listen to all the information <laughs> there's lots of nuggets here if you'll if you'll take take the, what kevin says and apply them to your platform your ministry base and to help you impact people and we are immensely thankful for what you gave our, our audience today kevin Yeah,
0: absolutely man and uh we we wanted you to know uh you're absolutely welcome on this show anytime and as we always say you always have a seat at the table here at the collectives code podcast man so god bless you and thank you for what you're doing everybody stay connected to kevin
1: hey thanks for listening to this episode of the code podcast would you do us a favor and subscribe rate and review and share this on social media so this content can reach other great leaders